You're listening to another episode of Hey Mama. Today, I'm going to dig up the past a little bit. You go back to when we went through uh, the time where I got really sick with chronic fatigue, but I want to flip it and ask from your point of view what it was like. And so we're going to go back how many years ago now? Would it be five? Five years ago? Yep. Because like just and now? Yep. So about five and a half years. Five and a half years because it was about 18 months. She was 18 months old when all of that happened. Yep. 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 It was 18 months, yeah. So I'm going to take you back to the specific moment of um, when we were driving in the ute and you said to me, um, you shouldn't be this tired. I want to ask, do you remember that? When you said it's not normal for you to be this tired? When? So was that, that wasn't the day you were diagnosed no, it was a lead up. This was a lead up. Yeah. It's very hazy, but. Very hazy. Right. Oh, well, I remember details. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm in the detail. I think I can go back to it in my mind very clearly. Yeah, exactly. We were driving down that road with the bump. That oh, lens down drive. We had lens down drive. Yeah. So we were all the way back there. Okay. And you were saying that, yeah, it's not normal for you to be this tired and you were just sort of expressing your concerns. But I wanted to ask, what were your thoughts leading up to questioning that? Because I know it takes you a while for you to say something uh, about any kind of topic that you think may be touchy or maybe controversial or something. It takes you a little while to actually ask the question. So I want to know... And from a guy's point of view or a husband's point of view, yeah, what was going through your mind when I was going through what? Yeah, so I remember you as being this bubbly, energetic, bright personality. And that's how we met. That's how we kind of spent the first couple of years. So in the lead up to Happy Will Oaks, I knew we'd both be struggling with sleep and i had it in the back of my mind for a few months in the lead up to her being born so that's where i did like the food bank stuff and i i just quietly made the agreement to myself in my head that i'd you know get up the 4 a.m and, and do all that crazy shit when at the time i was thinking i was being was you know really a thoughtful and caring husband because i'd get all my shit out of the way early and then be there somewhat for the day but i expected that to not last as long as it did. So getting to that eight months mark where you stop breastfeeding the legs and you said to me, it's your turn now. <laughs> your turn to get up to Logie and to do, you know, that's the dad stuff because until that point you'd exclusively really cared for her throughout the night because it was the movie that she wanted. Solves everything, yeah. Um, so I, I expected a big turn of events to happen you know like things to start to move Turn around yeah. energy to start to come back and it wasn't as though we weren't enjoying that period but i thought we would have more energy to enjoy more things so when it crossed mm-hmm. the 12 month mark i up having these conversations in my head and you know, you're telling me how tired you were we had the the caffeine thing with the the Cairo in that period as well so I kind of went with that to discover because I, I was pretty um, skeptical of chiropractors at that stage and when he started clicking you and stuff I was <laughs> and then he said you know you're intolerant to caffeine and then I caffeine's like caffeine right like it's normal 
we've been told it's, that it's it's healthy, it's like, good health, it's good for you. Yeah, like yeah. not the caffeine itself, but the antioxidants and coffee bean. Like, yeah, you're taught that in nutrition that is a source of nutrition. So it wasn't as though you were having like eight coffees a day or four coffees a day, having one coffee a day, two, two. Yeah, yeah. I'd always been a two, one to one to two. Yeah, yeah. So we had that episode and then I went off coffee for a bit, came back to coffee, nothing really changed. So by the time we got to that, I would have been 15, 16 months postpartum. It was it was pretty close to you being diagnosed. That's when things started to get worse. Like you started to get sick mm. and you started being more tired. And um, that's when I was like, okay, what's going on? And all sorts, all sorts of things was running through my mind. I'm like, yeah, are there any abnormalities? Now I was going to worst case scenario in my head, like cancer or conditions. Like, yeah, I was, I was like, what, what's, what's happened? I have no idea that you were even thinking that. No, because how, like, how in tune spiritually you are. I didn't want to put it out there. Mm. I didn't want to put it out there. I didn't want to voice it. Mm. So there's no way I was going to voice it. I was going to abuse the word. What was that like being that person on the other side, thinking those thoughts, not being able to express them either? Mm. What was it like as a man or as a husband, a father? What was it like for you to um, to be, yeah, what was it like for you, for your side of the coin? Like for me, I was suffering. I was like, man, this is like Groundhog Day every day. I'm just, it's the same. I'm really struggling, like complaining, all that kind of thing. What was it like for you? Well, Straight away, I'm going to try and fix stills. Mm. So I hope it came across to you as though I was trying to fix things and I was trying to think about, like, to try to research, hey, I was trying to think, I was trying to research. Yeah, so how was that for you? Like, how did you feel about it? Exactly. I was waiting for the word frustrating. Yeah, it was really frustrating to see you suffering. Yeah. Especially as a health expert, right? We we thought yeah, we thought so we were imposter syndrome, yeah, big time. What's happening here? When we're and from my northern right perspective, it was like, I can't, why can't I fix this? You know, yeah, I shouldn't. I like nutrition's my thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, nutrition's your thing. Like you help, you're helping. Yeah, and I remember we like we started the creatine. That was pre, um, chronic fatigue. We started the creatine. We started the GABA as well. And that's just made it worse. That was all pre-diagnosed. Was that? Chronic fatigue, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we tried like little things here and there and nothing we were working was working. Nothing I was trying was working. Like we were yeah. trying up protein a little bit um, to match it with. Yes, yes, yeah. We we tried to dump my quite yeah, and, <laughs> and like his body weight. <laughs> I tried to calculate the free that you yeah, both did. Which um, I'm sure that did help yeah. in some way for sure it wouldn't yeah. be helping but there was a missing link in there yeah. when you're not sleeping so we've been through all of that on the episodes um i want to know how from your point of view how that affected our relationship as a married um, we weren't married actually as parents as a, a couple yeah i want to know from your point of view what that was like for our relationship so Initially, you go through the period of time where it's like you know that the intimacy is not going to be. Yeah, we're definitely like the first six weeks. First six weeks, that was hard. And yeah. <laughs> that was so hard. <laughs> I remember the six weeks being over. I was like, yes. <laughs> I think every uh, every man can agree. 
<laughs> oh, it's six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and I remembered, like, at the time, like, I was actually living off pregnancy sex. Pregnancy sex was great. It was really great. Yeah. Um, I loved it, you know, from the perspective of my baby's in there. Um, this is really close and connecting. It was a totally different experience. We weren't ever, we weren't ever worried about poking the tender or anything like that. Lots and guys have that fear. Yeah. No, I... I don't think I'd have that for you yeah. at all. You know, you knew enough about. I knew enough about yeah. it, yeah, to know that that, that would happen. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was living off those memories for the first six weeks, and then we we. I'm. I can't. Even, I can't remember specifically, but I'm sure there were moments where we did, you know, still exchange some intimacy during that period. Just oh, definitely. I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I know that that happened. So, as time went on, I felt as the the fatigue was getting in the way of you wanting me sexually. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my biggest struggle. I think as time went on and it didn't go back to what it was before, that's when I started to go... Is this how it's going to be forever? Um, you have those unrealistic fears go through your brain. And, you know, wanting to fix that as well as fix it, like fix everything else. I saw you suffering. I saw us both not being able to enjoy as much as uh, the parenting as much as we wanted to. And we'd go away on trips. And mm. the trips were just hard. It was not a holiday. You need a holiday from the holiday you went on because you'd get back and you'd be tired from the drive. or Even... Um, when we went to that snow, oh, in yeah. the snow thing in the, uh, what was it? That was in the Hunter Valley. Hunter Valley. We were thinking, and that was one of my, and I, I do do this for, the, you know, for an escape, <clears throat> escapism, is, okay, life is so hard right now. Let's go on a trip. Yeah. And <laughs> we're there with a baby and then drive five hours. Yeah. Um, Highly stressed, a baby that doesn't sleep. She wasn't a chill baby. Love her to to, yeah. to the ends of the earth, but she wasn't a chill baby. She was demanding. She yeah. was clingy. Um, and the more I read about these babies, like it's actually very normal. Mm. Yet society teaches us that it's not normal. So that therefore yeah. we get frustrated with this baby that's wanting and and having all these needs yeah. um, and we praise babies that are so chill and oh they don't cry and they don't do this and they don't do that and they sleep through the night they're the they're the good babies whereas we had a bad baby according to our society yeah. whereas the more literature that i read now the books that i read now it's actually very normal for a baby to not like strangers, to want to be on you all the time, to want to just be with the mom if they're reliant on, you know, the breastfeeding and all that kind of thing. Yep. So it, it was quite stressful to us and the environment that we had around us and, and the content that we were getting fed. And I don't mean on social media, I mean family members and friends and stuff. Yeah, so I was frustrated about, like, family members giving us the hope or the idea that they would be showing up more than what they actually did and I suppose that ties into what I was saying before about being sexually frustrated lacking that connection and that intimate connection when we would have the opportunity to have some alone time because one of your mum did more than my mum in terms of taking blokes 
and the girls, both Miri and Lokes. But when that would happen, it gets to like eight, eight o'clock. And we're exhausted. She, well, we're exhausted, but she was done. Like, we'd be going kicking up the yes. uh, the girls because yeah. that was it. Like, yeah. it wasn't as though, it wasn't as though, I, I felt as though there wasn't effort mm. in going, or the conversation even going in her head as though, okay, they're just getting this one night off. I'm going to try really fucking hard to comfort this girl and make her feel feel safe and yeah feel... so you didn't get a lot of support so, so yeah and we're sexually yeah. frustrated and the times that we did yeah try and do fun things as a family to try and bring that closeness and that intimacy back Ooh. when you thought about things to get me in the mood what sort of things did you think would try and get me in the mood here I was oblivious to that sort of thing because I was dealing, you know, with my own stuff. Yeah. And I'd only think well, you that. the running, running the baths and the candles. Yeah. So in your mind, yeah, like in, in your mind, you were like, okay, I'm sexually frustrated. I want this connection back with her. Yeah. Is that where the ideas of the bath and stuff came from? Yeah, like even before we had Logs, that's what I'd do for you. I've, I've run baths for you before candles and didn't necessarily say oh that's not for me so i continued with it this is like mm. and maybe i didn't even know it wasn't for me yeah you know and that's, yeah. that's the thing too if you don't know yourself and then yeah. you've got somebody else doing something for you and you see the movies and you're like oh that's so lovely yeah those things that i do try to organize a night where we could go and have a dinner or something that was other things, like on a special occasion, I, I did the whole facial thing, I buy you a facial. Yeah. Some spa time. Um, kind of thing. Those are the things that I would think about. I found it very hard to think about things that weren't so grandiose, though, like things that I can do that were just small but everyday things. Like, I mean, I tried with the laundry and with the washing up of dishes and yeah. cooking and the feeding you and, and that sort of thing too. Which you do do. I think it was just a really tough time. In the yes. House. So uh, fast forward, when did things start getting a little a little better? Yeah, so things started to get better when, I would say, when we both decided to do that role model challenge together. Mm-hmm. Because it got worse before it got better. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, talk, okay, talk about the worst time. Well, the worst time was... I remember you being diagnosed. Yeah. And then having that chat with Paul Cripp. Yeah. So I think I remember, I mentioned that on one of the episodes where a mentor of mine, I reached out to him and he basically said, I reached out to him because he was a PhD in, in uh, exercise and nutrition science. So and he taught us everything we know, like fantastic. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, and he, it wasn't him that was the expert, it was the people around him too, like he had some fantastic minds around him that he could draw from too and his own experiences and he had an experience with burnout chronic fatigue we, we had no idea i had no idea about and then he said look this is something i've experienced personally it's going to take about two years and not because by up until that point you, you'd read things on the internet you'd look at because at first it was blaming blokes yeah blaming the baby, the was baby and it was just, i was downloading apps and it would Tell us where there was a sleep blood, a fucking sleep regression. Or, yeah. Um, Coming, bursting in. I know what's happening. <laughs> and then it's like, we're doomed. We're doomed for the next nine months. Yeah. 
Slave regressions, the whole way. It's never going to get better. <laughs> I remember you bursting in the lens down drive saying, I know what's happened. <laughs> it's a sleep regression and it never goes away. Like, Which is utter bullshit, <laughs> seriously. Like, to get that news at a time in your life where you've been told the first two years, yeah. progression, 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 they just get, you know, they learn so much, they mm. they connect with you so much more. Each month and week gets better. To get that news from a app or whatever was tough, um, but then to get the news from Paul that this is going to take two years to, to see any improvements in or to get over, that was tough. So there was that. And then there was the period where, well, we knew you were chronically fatigued. Mm -hmm. So sleep was the most important thing. And I would put the mat. There was a mattress. Uh, uh, I mean, a mattress, mattress or something. No, no, mattress. no. It was a proper mattress. Proper yeah. mattress. Took it out to the in the lounge room, and that's where me and Logs would sleep for a couple of weeks to get me better. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's been like two weeks, I think. Yeah. Nope. At the most, it wasn't. It was a while. No. So we did that, and that was probably the darkest of times because you were locked in that room for a long time. Felt like a long time. Mm. You spent hours there. Even in the lead up, like I'm going back here, but I remember there were weekends when you're like, I can't do this weekend. Like, you go and go out with your family or you go and do whatever you need to do. Yeah. I'm going to lay here. That's awful. And, you know, I'd take Lokes out and then I'd come back with Pandol and Nurofen for you. Yeah. Um, lick Nicane or whatever it was for your throat that we needed to use. When I first got, yeah, that was when I went yeah. to get the iron infusion and everything like that. There was a crazy time as well, like around all of that, where I went and got a pap smear yeah. and I had a grade something like where I um, it came up as some sort of abnormality where I then instead of two years, I had to come back every, every one year. And it was sending the the sleep deprivation and and the healing process and stuff was and, and also receiving that news sent me a little bit crazy and I was then trying to blame you. What the fuck that? Yeah, you blame me for STDs. <laughs> yeah, I was questioning you, <laughs> saying that this was an STD. Because <laughs> I was yeah okay so beforehand before us getting together. Yeah, there was history there and obviously like you know i was being a boy and then you knew that i think maybe that kind of caused a bit of i remember i'd say to you babe you would have got it by now in four years into our relationship <laughs> if i hadn't you think back then you would have got it now and, and i can see how you'd question that yeah it definitely yeah. i don't see it because i think that like you're right with the four years i feel i was just like it sends you, uh, sleep deprivation sends you batshit crazy. Yep. It really can. And yep. so you start thinking irrational instead of logical and rationally and making sense. It, it has you up, mm. up here. Yeah. So do you remember? You know, I remember think that. Do I remember that time? Mm. Yeah, I do remember that time. That was crazy. So uh, to me, when I think about the worst time, I, th I feel a worst time in the intimacy in our relationship and the closeness and connectedness. That was the worst time, but the, all the healing process. Yeah. Let's talk about, yeah, when we started to get, when we started to get better, when did you notice? So we decided to do the role model challenge together. Yeah. But when did 50 Shades of Grey come out? Because it was around that time as well. Fifty Shades of Grey was like, like I wasn't didn't have likes. It was the second. 
He, I can't blame I think, shape. I didn't blame it. I think that was like something I was holding on to. I was like, oh, just get like what's <laughs> you should be the great. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you end up liking the third one. I was like, wow, I find something new now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we we started to come out of that. Uh, I'm going to call it the chronic fatigue winter <laughs> around that. And what did spring sprung? Well, spring sprung when we came together and we were like, all right, we're going to do this rumble challenge. You need the accountability with nutrition. Yeah. You'd reached a point, and you know, I'd reached a point to where I was like, I don't have the answers. <laughs> don't have the answers. You came to the point where you were like, we don't have the answers, so we, we need extra help. Yeah, and we'd done yeah, some mentoring with um, these this, these coaches anyway, and we started to begin to um, yep. love and trust them. Yep. So I needed that extra. I needed that extra help, and she helped amazingly. Like we've talked about it before. Yeah. You know, teaching great stuff, like, boy enough in the tank and you know increasing the protein and, and burning like realizing that i was burning way more calories than i was consuming under eating which no idea how much i used to eat and i was still not consuming enough yep. for my body to stop burning all the energy yep um so what are some of the things that we have done to improve our intimacy levels and our connectedness, our our sex life, yeah. How how has it improved, and um, what have we done to improve it? From your point of view, how do you think it's gotten uh, as good as it has now? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we've both improved on is your safety and security feeling of safety and security in your in respect to you working on your nervous system for me also recognizing that i need actually like be be the man take the lead make decisions not bounce ideas off you and wait for your confirmation to run with what i know or why and that's in, in mice or in insects this is in life because life affects sex mm-hmm. life affects sex so Especially for for you, like if if I'm touching and playing and we're, you know, bumping in the kitchen and like if we've got a, a whole day worth of that connection, when it comes to the night time, it's not a question of whether or not we're going to have sex or not. And I remember standing in the shower thinking, am I going to have sex with her tonight or not? <laughs> like a dumbass. <laughs> and not actually thinking about the day that's just been and just thinking, uh, are we going to have sex tonight? <laughs> And I think back to that, I'm like, come on, dude, seriously. Like, the thing with men is we can just switch it on, where I think for you and me, realising that you kind of, you need that level of feeling that you've been supported. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, opening up about things. Uh, one of the people we listen to says, uh, uses the, the term clearing the glass. Yeah. So, there, you know, there were times in our life where there were things we were, I was holding on to that I wasn't open and forthcoming about and then I'm sure there was there was the same for you and there was yeah over time we've had blow-ups and we've had fights and we've had these breakdowns that have led to breakthroughs and we've been able to clear that glass it's been messy as fuck but it's like it's really helped to bring us 
together closer on a deeper level and it continues to do that there's more glass to clear i'm sure and there's closer and deeper connections to be had i think those would be the two things yeah that i, I think have improved our sex life yeah i think you set pretty much all of it i was thinking the communication the being open yeah um being vulnerable with each other sharing things um, but then also what you say about the day, how the day goes, even if there are men and women or relationships where they, they don't work together and they don't see each other all day, there can be other ways to have that connectiveness, uh, like little messages here and there, playful reels, scent, uh, all those kinds of things that is those touch communication points yeah that's something i really had to get over was my initial thoughts around memes and and reels and and instead of thinking of them as a distraction because like we can we can get like that seeing them as little touch points that you're reaching out with and by flipping that in my head that's been a huge just a huge thing in me internally to helping yeah help increase that connection throughout the day when you send me a reel <laughs> and then you ask me did i see it and i say i didn't see it it's it's kind of telling you oh well, okay like i'm not a priority mm-hmm. and that took a long time to get my head around but i'm getting my head around that now <laughs> and yeah you're right like it doesn't take much and it could be the subtlest things you will let you'll miss it as i'll tell you what mate if you're watching you'll miss it <laughs> <laughs> if I'm talking, if any of your husbands are watching or listening, you're listening, this you'll miss it. And uh, there's your wife trying to connect with that. And six hours later, if you if you're wanting to connect and you didn't connect, then you, you're probably going to miss out. So I'm working on asking for what I want. Mm-hmm. That's another communication uh, factor as well. Is actually expressing that because I want to make this point. Everything that you just said before. I, I, absolutely love and I was nearly going to finish it up on there but we're we're coming back around now what we were going to what I was going to say was <laughs> I just said learning how to ask for what I want yes without shame yes so in the, with the communication right yep. is that I had no idea that you were you were suffering in your own way with our intimacy so I was blinded by what I was going through and, you know, probably a lot of women are like, well, rightly so, you know, yep. everything that you're doing in motherhood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't actually realize how you were feeling and, until you opened up to me like quite a long time after that you felt as though we didn't have a great sex life. Whereas I was going along thinking, oh, it's pretty good. Like whenever we, we were intimate, it was amazing. And that's, a, for me, I'm always quality over quantity. Uh, so we've had to work together on that, about you being open about what you want and then me being open about, well, this is how I feel about it and coming together with our ideas and expectations yeah. of intimacy. Yeah. I'll tell you what, where it's all steeped in, like if you think of how men suffer, it's the, we don't ignore the fact that motherhood's hard and for the most part, I'm speaking for the good men out there, mm. we don't think motherhood's not hard and we do factor that into the equation when there's a lack of intimacy but there's the guilt for wanting it knowing those things that we deal with then you deal with yeah it's the guilt 
And then it's the rejection mm. of asking for it and not not getting it. And you, we won't even have to ask to to hear the no and to feel the rejection. We just won't ask because we feel guilty. Mm. So we know it's hard and we feel guilty for wanting it. So therefore, we ask for it in our heads quietly and we hear the no just through your body language. We feel rejected. And then that cycle just continues to play along. And then you add porn into there, the equation. So you bypass all of those things by whipping out the phone, doing the porn thing, masturbating, feeling the guilt and shame for that. And then, then it comes back around. You, you, It's a cycle. It's a, an addictive cycle that I had to recognize for myself. And how long ago was that though? Still in your 20s, right? Yeah, it's a little tight. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it comes with maturity, but like... Well, so wanting to grow and improve? Well, the, the biggest thing for me was recognising that after I'd used corn, I didn't I didn't actually chase you. Like, I didn't chase you anymore because the, the deed had been done and the internal fire, the, the wants, wasn't there anymore. So it was like this short circuit. And then I had to ask myself, why am I getting to a point now where it's just easier to go use the porn instead of asking for like sex from my wife? Why aren't I asking for sex from my wife? Why do I feel so much guilt and shame? And why am I imagining all of this rejection? It probably wouldn't have been there half the time. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, uh, I, and maybe this is happening more than what we even realize or want to talk about because women need that chase otherwise we're not like we explained it before um during the day <clears throat> is all those little things add up to feeling like it but if you're not chasing and you're just doing the you're just doing work and then you're getting your own release yep. then and, and what about mum yep. like what about your wife yeah yeah she gets nothing so there's no date night plan there's no little um ways to show them that you love and care and that you actually want her mm -hmm. as well and you've got to actually want it. What's that? What do you have to want? So married couples, instead of going their separate ways. Which is so easy. Which is so easy to do. Mm. Um, and go and carry on about your life. You have to want to come back together and figure it out together. Yeah. And grow and have those fights and have that communication. Be, be completely honest. Yeah. You asked me the other day, you said, had a conversation around whether it's normal. Our fights. It was on Monday you said, is it normal? Yeah, you prompted me with a question and I said, yeah, I do wonder. I said, you wonder if it's normal because you were reading something in the Jay Shetty book or something yeah. for you. And I said, do you wonder if it's normal? Yeah. And then you were like, oh, uh, speaking about another couple we know, and like, it's totally normal. Mm -hmm. And I had to chuckle. And then after reading through that Jay Shetty book, because now I'm up to marriage, mm -hmm. it, it is really important that couples learn how to fight because it's when you learn how to fight that there's you know caring and then there's compromise and then there's let me find another C because I can make this a three C. It's like it's connection, right? Connection. Yeah. Yeah. You have so what did you say? Caring. Caring. And compromise. Connection. connection. Yeah. Because you'll have your ideas. I'm my own. Mm -hmm. But we'll be seated in our egos about each of our ideas. And if there's not enough care there, like if one doesn't care more than the other. Mm -hmm. That's where you go separate ways. If you care equally, 
you come to a compromise and when you compromise, connect. Mm. And you've got to remember what connected you guys in the first place. I always go back to that. Yeah. I always, every time we've had a moment where it's like, does, is this going to end? It's always come back to, hang on a second, what's happening right now? And two or three weeks ago, what was my state? It was always like, but we're together and it's us two. We're fire, we're fireworks. When other people come in and then cause these blow-ups, then it's like, okay, well, that's where there's like questions of whether or not we're going to make it through. And it's going back with that awareness of going yeah, we are, we are actually good. We came together on these values. We came together on this vision and future. So, yeah. Having been through that with the mother of your child, what's the um, biggest lesson that you've learned? Me having chronic fatigue, raising raising the kids um, together. There's always lessons in hard times. Yeah. My biggest lesson could be you don't know what you don't know. And often always... Your wife is going to be your best, biggest guru. She's going to be the one that can see all the things that you can't see. And if you are open to what she sees, you will hear them, you'll grow, and you will actually like become a man. I think that's there's a saying out there, and it's like, you know, uh, mums make boys. Dads create men. Coming from a fatherless childhood, I would say wives make <laughs> That's your experience, That's right? my experience. Yeah. My experience is, yeah, yeah mum, mums will raise boys. Can't speak to dads because I didn't have a good dad, but wives definitely make men because it's the shaping through that fire, that chaos, the fighting, the coming back together, the fighting, the coming back together, that shapes you into the men that you eventually become and all the men that i look up to have great relationships so yeah amazing that's my biggest lesson